Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Get the Hillman Morning Show on demand. Podcasts and more are always online and on your schedule at waaf.com. And basically, you're going to, if you're Google or you're Amazon or you're Facebook or you're, you know, it doesn't matter, you're, you're whoever you are, you're going to have access to to those employees before anybody else and they're are going they're going to be they're going to spend 4 years learning uh what they need to know to be successful working in your company and you know the they're going to know about what the you know what kind of environment your company has what your you know all of those things well, so, that's a good what, idea what, what, but say, but yes. um doesn't McDonald's do that already? oh they have the McDonald's university i think yes, yeah. I, yes I think they yeah, do, they do. Yes, I, I mean it's a great idea though yeah. I mean, yeah, more people yeah. should do it. But um, this, is, you. Uh, this is Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. Hey, good morning, morning, crew. What's up, Jonathan? Oh, not too much. I wanted to put my two cents about this Elizabeth Warren thing here. I, I, I agree with her that we should probably think about doing something like that. Because if you actually look into and do a little research into, like, when colleges are free and all that stuff like that, you'll realize that this is a government-caused problem. You know what I mean? Because they, they the, what is it, the loans weren't federally granted. Back in the day, protect. Sorry, federally protected. Back in the day, that's what happens now. That all the universities got greedy and they knew that they were able to get, that they were going to get their money one way or another. So jack up the prices. Well, the problem. I mean, I think the problem is twofold. I think the uh, the other issue is well, it might be threefold. Um, yeah, there's a bunch and that's, of little, and that's not a description of me on the beach at Ocean Park. Threefolds. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> Uh, the the, the, oh, the problem is that they give anybody a loan whether they can pay it back or not. So and the colleges know that. So therefore, yeah. so therefore they just keep uh, raising the price. And there's there are people who can't ever pay for it or are never going to be able to pay for it. And then they end up. I mean, people get out of college with you know, $100,000 debt, $200,000 debt. It takes 20, 30 years to pay it back. Yeah, but you and know it, you know it going in. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, they so, do. so are, you, you know, are you willing to saddle the debt at the end for your knowledge, uh, right? Uh, apparently, you have to say yes at the beginning. As yes. A, you know, you're, you have to have a conversation with your parents, and you have to decide yes, mm-hmm. knowing that on the back end, you're, you're, you're getting bundled. I mean, the other issue is, and we discussed this during the 6 o'clock hour, is that at many of these colleges and universities, the professors, like Senator Warren, are making $400,000 to teach one class. So um, if, you know, there, there are not a lot of people in the private sector who are making that much money... And but so there's that's enough what, where uh, they keep offering it, though, right? W- what do you mean? Like, there's enough she, what? She, there's enough people getting into that class and who are paying for it. So well, that, no, uh, what, what what I'm saying is, you know, what I'm saying is, the cost of a Harvard or any other university uh-huh. would be less if they were not paying people four hundred thousand dollars to teach one class. 
true, right? But people right. are currently still paying for it. So well, of Harvard's course like they saying, are. Harvard's of saying, well, are. we're just going to keep charging, right? This right. Yeah. Well, now they're going to say it doesn't matter. We're going to keep charging more because nobody's going to have to pay it back. The government's just going to pay for it. Uh, this is Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hey, good morning, everybody. What's hey, up? Jeff. What's going on? Not much. So Massachusetts used to have a uh, setup for kids that got adopted in Massachusetts to go to free state colleges. Yes. And those kids got the shaft because they were never able to go because the state said they never had money. So how is this thing that trying to figure out to give the whole nation free universities? Well, she's going to tax the wealthy. It's a, it's a tax on the wealthy. That's what she said yesterday is going to pay for it. We have audio from her, which she, we, we, can, we can play for you. Um, a texter says, would your university be called Anything Goes University? Uh, yes. I think that already exists. It's the uh, <laughs> University of Arizona right. or, or Arizona State or one of those schools is already Anything Goes University. Anyone who's got outstanding student loan debt can have up to $50,000 worth of student loan debt canceled out so long as their income is under $100,000, then it kind of steps in up to there's no help for anybody whose family income is above $250,000. And that's it. The debt's gone. Here's a text that says, Shu should be up for free college because his daughter will be going soon. <laughs> that's right. I know you should advocate for this, Shu. You should, <laughs> yes. you should, you should be advocating free for UMass. The, free yeah. college. I also think, though, to like LB's point, why, you know, the kids are agreeing to go and to pay that money. I think the outlook on college is a lot different now today than it was, say, 10 years ago, what 15 years ago. You know, 10, 15 years ago, it was like, you have to go to college. You have to go to college and then you're going to get a. Where yeah. I think now it's starting to be a little less, you know, I think, Greg, you said it, to, to ask. Uh, a young adult at 18 to decide what they want to do for the rest of their life. When they're 30, it's they have crazy. no idea. They, yeah. At 18, year, 18 years old, you have no idea what no, you want to no. be doing when you're yeah. 30 or 35 years old, but you make that decision then and you spend all that money then. Yeah. It's but, it's uh, it's ludicrous. But but to, to, to the cost of college, uh, how, many, how many students go to BU? And then no. you have to have janitors... Teachers, you, you you have to feed them. You have to have buildings that that you know that you you know they they pay a mortgage on the buildings they build that hold four thousand students. students. That's a what's, big. What is what is? I'm not. I'm not what's your, what is your point? Yeah, overhead, You're saying the but, cost. Are you saying the cost is justified? Yeah. Then why does Harvard have a thirty-two billion dollar endowment? Because it's the greatest school on the planet. When you graduate, well, you they have thirty-two. You want to know what the endowment is? That's thirty-two billion extra that they have. Yeah, well, thirty-two they billion it. left. Every kid that graduates from Harvard uh, instantly has a two hundred thousand dollar a year job. So you think the cost of college currently is reasonable? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is Alex. You, let me ask you this. Good morning, guys. Uh, Alex, go going? ahead. Good morning, guys. Just what? two points that I want to make. Um, you know, the, the thing about college, right, for instance, if you start looking at your tuition bill, right, at the end, you know, at the beginning of the semester, two things. You have, one, your tuition is only $1,500. Your, your fees for, you know, meal plans, all that other stuff add up to, like, ten to $15,000 plus room and board. So if you look at that, your tuition is, like, 1500 bucks. That's why if you pass the MCAS, you got the Abigail Scholarship, and, you, you know, the tuition's covered if you go to any public college for the next four years or whenever. So that was one thing. The other thing is colleges, they're, they're expensive because people decide, all right, I'm going to go to college to get a better job. 
well, you got to be responsible enough. If you're going to take out the money to go to this college, say, for instance, BC, someplace that's very expensive, you're going to have to get a job in a field that you can pay it back. So if you're going to be spending a hundred grand a year for college, you don't, you don't, you're not going to become a teacher, no offense, or some other type of job that you're going to be spending. Uh, you're only going to be making $30,000 because you'll never pay it back. That's how, that's how debt, you, you'll never pay your debt back. And on top of that, interest rates. You know but what now, I'm saying? So, but, but you understand that the proposal is that you're not going to have to pay it back. We're now telling, we're, 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 we're telling an entire generation of people that you can correct. sign up for debt and then not have to pay it back because the government will be there to take care of it for you. And that is 100% correct, and I don't agree with that, because yeah. why should the government be bailing me out when I'm supposed to be responsible enough to say, I'm going to this college and I'm borrowing this money? You know, that's how debt keeps acquiring. That's why people have to pay more money into the system in order to get... Um, you know, in order to give free college to other people, which I don't agree with. If you yes. want to go to college, you know then you have to be responsible enough to pay it back. I'm sorry, I've, I was 100 grand in the hole, and I've already paid half of it back because I got a good job and I'm paying it back. And every month my bill comes in and I pay it off. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's just the way it is. If you want, you put a little extra towards that bill, so then that way it brings the principal down a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, well, that's, that's how you pay debt off. You know, we need home economics in classes yeah. again to mm-hmm. teach yeah, people. Seriously. You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, they, they took these classes away. I mean, people, you know, go back to the simple needs of, of life and people can't even cook, yep. you know, and I'm not trying to change the subject. I'm just saying like, you know, there's, there's, you know, sewing, all those things are very important and not everybody has to go to college. Mm. We need people to work in the automotive field. We need people to work on um, carpentry. I used to be an automotive technician and then I decided I'm going to go to college, become an engineer. And, yep. you know, I went to a school that I was spending less than what I would be making as a salary. Yep. And that's how I'm able to pay it off. I just bought a house. Like, Good. It's, All right. It's Alex, thank you. Responsibility. Thank you. Thank you. Whoa. What were you going to say, LB? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I, I, I think it, it's weird. We pick and choose our fights. You know, we don't get pissed off. Like, it, it, one of the things that, that pisses me off all day, every day, is that we donate billions and billions of dollars to other countries. Why doesn't that money stay in our country? Hmm. Hmm. Um, this is David. Hello, David. What do you mean? Hmm. Good morning, gentlemen. It's like, are we having Shoot, a conversation or we're not hmm. having a conversation? I, said, I, I thought that was a good question. I'm like, hmm, that's a good question. Said, I'm like, you know, we, we said, send a billion hmm. dollars to like three countries in Africa. Yeah. I'm like, why? Who, gi- yeah. who gives an F about Africa? Hello, hello, when, when have you ever been there? Hello, 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 hello David. Hey, hello, good David. Morning, gentlemen. What's up, David? Hey, so I've got uh, three small kids, and I am old enough to have gone to college in the 1900s. It's the late 1900s, <laughs> but the 1900s anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think, so I'm not a huge proponent of Elizabeth Warren, but I think there's one aspect of, to this that, that's being missed is that the current load of financial debt is uh, so impactful that I think, you know, this could be one of those situations like the bailout of the auto industry, or even though it may not feel great at the time, I think it will likely decrease the impact on the economy and avoid having a slow and be more expensive. Um, well, uh, why do you think? Fact, do, why are colleges exempt when it comes to taxes? Like, why? You know, you talk about back to Harvard again, uh, potentially the biggest 
uh, property owner in the city of Boston, why aren't they paying property taxes like everybody else is? Well, so I think it's an antiquated um, definition of what a nonprofit is, right? So colleges, you could argue, are that um, many of the hospitals that we have in Boston that have over a billion dollars a year in revenue are quote unquote nonprofit and can't pay taxes. So I, I think it's a it's an antiquated form of a bunch of people trying to put a you know service together that doesn't have shareholders or profit taking, and that's been kind of perverted in a way that allows billion-dollar entities to avoid paying the 27% property tax that everybody else does. Well, yeah, but but, going, but don't, going, don't, don't you believe they, they should get a break because they're, they're teaching uh, our, our children to build our future? They're going to they're gonna carry on and build the country and, and make the country great. So shouldn't you get a tax break on that? No. I don't think you should if you have a, a multi-billion dollar endowment. I think you should be, if you are operating in, in a form in which you have to charge sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year for uh, exactly what you're talking about, someone to go there to learn and, and build the future, then you ought to be paying taxes. Why, why isn't the plan to pay for this to tax the colleges to increase the taxes on the colleges? Why, why is it to increase the taxes on the wealthy people? Uh, I, I I just I just think that I don't believe in taxing the 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 industry that builds our world builds America's future. I think they they should they deserve a break. Yes, Stan. but what about corporate tax, Greg? Like Amazon last year uh, made like eleven billion. You know how much they paid in taxes? They, they, they should pay way more in taxes. Zero. They should pay they way more. They paid zero. Look how much money Bezos has. And we bailed That's, out the banks as well. Yes. And then and those CEOs ended up getting bonuses so after they were bailed out. So are you in favor of free college then, Stan? Yeah, I said before on this program that I think I wouldn't mind paying extra in my taxes for free public tuition because I think that the um, that what we would get back in education would pay dividends. Agreed. With a smarter with a smarter public and a smarter uh, country. This is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi, Chris. Um, hey, guys. Um, so on on top of the college debts on um, on college campuses, you have credit card companies that come on there. So on top of your your tuition debt that you graduate with, you have credit card debt. Now, is Elizabeth Warren going to go pass a bill that says, "Well, while you were in college, you opened a credit card, we'll forgive that debt too"? Or has she ever even spoken out against that practice? Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean. I don't, you know, I don't understand why the Catholic Church isn't paying taxes either. Yeah, I don't understand why some like Holstein and and these mega churches aren't paying taxes. Greg, will you just bail me out, please? (laughs) Yes, yes, I got you. Holstein's so happy when you see him on TV. He's just like, yeah, he's happy because he's not paying taxes. (laughs) Uh, Hello, Mike. Hey, what's up? What's up, Mike? How much, man? How you guys doing today? What's what's going on? How much, man? Hey, I just wanted to talk about uh, the whole college thing and everything else. So, I, I I agree with the other caller that was saying that uh, we should uh, be responsible. We take out student loans and everything else, 100%. Now, on the other aspect, I'm a disabled veteran, and you know, when the loophole, when you got back from, when I got back from Iraq, they discharged you to your like guardian or reserve unit. They medical discharge you, and then they tell you that you don't qualify for free school because you weren't discharged active duty. 
so you have to pay for all schooling. I honestly think that if you go to Iraq, or you go to war, or you go to something like that, you come back, it doesn't matter, school should be paid for. Yeah, shame yes, on the American yes, government, yes, man. absolutely. I respect, absolutely. I, I, you know, they, they take a dump on our, our, our soldiers. It's crazy. Hello, Brandon. Yeah, hi. How's What's going? up? What's up, Brandon? Hey, so I'd like to just add a point here about the student loans. I think that the issue is more or less the interest rate that we're having to pay, especially on these private loans. I mean, I'm paying 8.5% interest and 9.5% interest. I think the issue here is maybe we should form something where we're, we're paying a, a flat 2% interest rate across all student loans. Maybe that would alleviate some of the debt that we're having to deal with once we graduate from school. I went to school for five years. I got three degrees. I'm in debt over $100,000. But, you know, I think the problem is a lot of my principal isn't going down on the student loan payments because I'm paying close to 10% interest. Right, right, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, there's lots of ways, I think, to try to fix it. I don't know that this is the one that I would be in favor of, um, but that is the proposal from Senator Warren, which she announced yesterday. We haven't even gotten to Bernie Sanders wanting to make sure that the marathon bomber has the right to vote from a prison, which, yeah, we'll, uh, which we'll get to later. Okay. Um, maybe, uh, maybe nine o'clock or so. We'll talk okay. about, we'll talk about that or maybe after Hill Mail, which we got to get to right now here at WAAF FM and HD one Westboro, Boston, WEEI HD two Lawrence and WWBX HD two Boston. And now it's your turn to talk. As the Hillman Morning Show presents Hillmail. Hey, it's Joe Castiglione here. The Red Sox lost the last 20 games in a row. Who can't believe it, yo? On WAAF. All right, today's Hillmail voicemail messages are brought to you by East Coast Metal Roofing. Reach out to them today and find out about their Spring Into Savings program. WAAF listeners will get 10% off a new metal roof. Go to eastcoastmetalroofing.com. That's eastcoastmetalroofing.com. And here now for you are the very best Hill Mail voicemail messages that have been left in the previous 24 hours. Monday, 8, 10 a.m. Hey, kid, this is LB with the Sports Minute. And uh, let's see what we got here today. The Bruins, Bruins, win. End of message. <laughs> Monday, 8, 16 a.m. Hey, Hill Dog, can we have somebody else call in the show and wait on hold for over three hours so that Scott from Weymouth will not be the best at anything? Appreciate it. <laughs> End of message. <laughs> Monday, 5.02 p.m. So, I just drove by a Cultivate weed store in Leicester, and I saw an O2 Corolla all smashed up. Two. <laughs> it's okay, brother. Hope you're okay. End of message. There's a lot of those out there, my friend. <laughs> Tuesday, 12.55 a.m. Okay, great. Um, here we go. Uh, 38 seconds. No, 42 seconds. No, 18 <laughs> seconds. And uh, it appears the uh, liberals, they want to watch tax franchise. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Oh, you have a response to my stupid question? Oh, well, I'll, let me cut you off. Uh, Danielle, why do you hate me? And do you um you have a farm, don't you? No, you like gardening. Am I still on the phone, Greg? <laughs> Greg, am I on the phone? End of message. <laughs> there so is. Right I tell you, they're so good. That's fake Scott from Weymouth Ooh. right there. Six 
3 a.m. Hey, kid. Get all those Bruins autos out there. Did any of you ever score a goal in the Stanley Cup final, kid? I didn't think so. End of message. You can Google it. Just Google Lyndon Byers Stanley Cup finals goal. It's awesome. 6.04 a.m. Hi, my name is Brad, and I'm the biggest Bruins fan. I've seen them play in four different arenas. I have a fleece blanket with a spoked B on it that my wife made. I have a hockey stick from when I was a kid. I used to pretend that I was Bobby Orr running around on the streets in front of my house. I have a hat with a spoked B on it, but I lost it when I was 12. I have a Bruins sticker on my truck right on the back in the window so everybody sees it and knows that I'm the biggest fan. And I also have a Bruins logo on the back of my phone case. Did I win? End of message. <laughs> that was amazing. I'll go, I got to tell you, though, check out my Instagram and take a look at the Bruins lunchbox and the Bruins thermos, yeah. which is pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. classic. My Instagram is greghill107, and so you can see that. You can also see the... Special edition Carling Black Label Bruins Stanley Cup beer cans from 1969, 70, and 1970-71. And those are on my Instagram, greghill107, to follow me on Instagram. And you and I can stay in constant contact. 6.08 a.m. New Maxwell House nicotine pouches. Good to the last gallow! End of message. I think I'm, hey, you're I'm, trying, kid. I'm gonna I go, give you credit. I'm going to go through this whole entire tin of these coffee nicotine patches before 9 o'clock. Yeah. I'm going to start eating them shortly. Basically. Uh, but this is, I'm giving this it is, a go. You'll be, are you kidding me? You'll be back in here with Skull Long Cut tomorrow. Well, I have a backup can of Skull. Of course you do. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. See if I can make it through today. If I'm I make it through today, everything might be okay. 6, 17 a.m. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, human. End of message. I like Derek the Steelers I fan. Love Derek. Some He's people don't. Some people don't like Derek, but I like I like Derek. All right. Thank you for participating this morning during Hill Mail, and you can leave a Hill Mail voicemail message for us at any time. Today's weather brought to you by the all-new three-row 2019 Subaru Ascent featuring all-wheel drive. Love is now bigger than ever this spring. And it is raining this morning in many areas. The sun may come out around 4 o'clock or so, and the high today will be 55. It is 40 right now here in beautiful, safe Brighton, Massachusetts. Former Theranos CEO Elizabeth Holmes appeared in a federal courthouse yesterday in San Jose. It was one of the first uh, photographed public appearances since the collapse of her company. Now, she's facing charges of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit fraud. Which voice did she use when she was pleading not guilty? Do we know? <laughs> Yoda sounds like do or do not. There is no try. Um, I think oh, I'm, going to, um, I'm going to pre- plead not guilty. I'm going to plead not guilty, and then I'm going to go out with my lawyer. Yes. <laughs> yes. I wonder if she's dating the lawyer to get a freebie. Oh, absolutely. I built this machine that will be able to replace your lawyer. You just have to enter your blood, and it'll find out if you're guilty or not guilty. Perfect. That's amazing. We put, a ro- we put a robe on it. <laughs> 
I know my office is currently on fire, but I'm accepting an award from Harvard University today. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Well, um, I mean, I'm assuming that she's going to do some jail time. I mean, she... Think, I mean... She was looking at 20 years. Yeah. She defrauded investors out of millions of dollars. Yeah. Imagine her cellmate. Uh, well, uh, I, uh, I was convicted of fraud falsely, and I had this business where I was building this machine, and it was going to test your blood. It was going to change the way metal... <laughs> oh, God, kill me! Kill me! Um... <laughs> She's got a new fiance, you know, and the guy is, um, he's a, 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 like an heir to a hotel fortune. Oh, of course he so is. So she landed, Pro. she landed right on her Pro feet. Pro move. She did. Yeah, she mm-hmm. landed. Yeah. She landed right on her feet. Uh, all right. Um, they're probably not going to wind up going to trial in 2019. The judge yesterday proposed a July 8th start date for the trial. Uh, and then after a little while, both parties agreed that they would have another status hearing on July 1st. Uh, I can't. I need. I'm accepting an award from uh, CVS on that day, so I need it to be postponed. Can we continue that? Mm. I'm currently working on a project um, that will be very important. Uh, if sent to jail, I'd like to be the cellmate of Aunt Becky. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to federal uh, pound me in the A prison. <laughs> I blame my um, parents. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So, um, I had to pay for I, my own college. I agree with this. A texter says that Shu has absolutely nailed the Elizabeth Holmes voice. Is <laughs> you you nailed it when you watched The Inventor? You just got to think stoner and nerd at the same <laughs> yeah. time, and then open your eyes really wide while you talk. Mm-hmm. You just put your blood sample in here. Oh. I called it Edison after the other guy who faked a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> the other fraud. Um, all right, real quick, I have, I, I have, I have time. I know this is going to start a massive debate. Oh God! I was going to do the Bernie thing here, yeah. but you know what? I don't know. Uh, do, we have, do we have time? We probably don't have time because I know people are going to want, going to want to weigh in yeah. on Definitely. Bernie Sanders wanting to make sure that the marathon bomber has the right to vote from prison. So we'll do that in a little bit. And Andy Brickley of Nesson is going to join us next to talk about tonight's game, which I could not be more excited about. This is Todd. Hello, Todd. Yes. Hello. Good morning. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm a I put on hold, but uh, I'm a college planner out here in Western Mass. I'm I'm listening in, and I've been listening for years and years and years. Literally. Thank you. And I, Thank I you. thought I might be able to weigh in and clarify some of the stuff those guys are talking. Okay, about. go ahead. Well, we're you're on right now, so go ahead. Yes. Oh, great. Hi, Greg. Hey, How are hey, you? Hey, what's up? Well, listen. Just a, the first thing I, I want to clarify to folks is these schools like Harvard and MIT and some of these big, big, expensive colleges that you're talking about. You might be somewhat familiar with this, Greg, because you have somebody in college. Uh, there's a there's a financial aid form called a FAFSA where people have to fill this this form out and based on the income and asset structure of that particular household and the kids, they come up with a, a number, if you will, an amount of money that that family uh, they feel is able to pay annually towards college. The colleges that you're mentioning, Harvard, MITs, with these gigantic endowments. I'm out here in Western Mass, so I've got the Amherst Colleges, the Mount Holyoke's right here. Yeah. What these colleges do is they meet need at 100 percent. Now, I'm certainly not defending the, the, you know, them charging these ridiculous prices. What that means, though, in layman's terms, is if the college is $75,000 and the family's estimated family contribution, which comes from the FAFSA, is $25,000, these colleges have a you have a $50,000 need. These colleges fill that need at 100%. For what? Not all of them. It's different from school to school. But these elite schools that you're talking about use that money 
to, to, to pay that financial aid that that family needs, most of it's what we call gift aid, which is it's a gift to the student. It does not for, have to for be what, paid. For what percent of the students? It, it depends on the family's EFC. So like no, I, I said, know, but what percent of the students do they end up covering? I bet it's tiny. Well, it de- no, well, that's hard to say because it depends on the student. Because as you know, those are those elite schools attract elite candidates, and they're all phenomenal candidates. Right. But if you need the money, this is what I'm telling you. If, you. if you need the money, they basically give it to you as a gift. Well, I looked through. I saw Elizabeth Warren's yesterday, and I looked reading through that, and it, basically, it, I think it's personally, I think it's a campaign ploy. I mean, it's a, yeah. it sounds great on paper, great idea. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, we were talking about tuition and fees. You know, there's still room and board, which you're aware of. That could be anywhere from eight to fourteen thousand dollars a year. What about that? You know what I mean? What about uh, uh, the kids who've already graduated? Because this plan that she's proposing is going to back back up and let some of these people alle- alleviate some of that debt. Like a texter, by the way, like I think one of the the first things that we probably should look at is the financial aid formula that the government uses to determine what they feel a family can afford to pay. Well, correct. I, think I mean, that's this completely this, out of whack. This texter says the seven seven four texter says that form is a joke. Uh, he's a plumber. Wife is a real estate agent, and they have two kids. And they told them they can afford sixty five grand a year. It's a yeah, joke. I, I, like I said, I completely agree that most of the clients that I work with are middle class Americans who pays for everything in the United States middle-class people do, yeah. uh, where their EFC is so high that to be able to, be able to come up with $65,000 a year, it is ridiculous, which is what I'm saying. I think that formula needs to be taken a look at. Maybe that's, that's, that's the direction that they go in. These schools that have this kind of endowment money will give it out, but it's based, they're all basing it on that formula. Yeah. All right. There's yeah. a secondary financial aid formula above and beyond the FAFSA uh, that uh, all the colleges don't use, but a, a great number of the private colleges use. It's called the CSS Profile it determines need a little bit differently, but those formulas, I think, are what need to be looked at, more or less, because, like I said, a middle-class family earning $160,000 a year with a mortgage and two kids, being told they have to pay thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year per, per school, when they basically don't even have two months' savings, most of them, in the bank, it's a very difficult proposition, you know, and it creates um, a situation where you really need to step back and and take a look at the colleges that these families are approaching. Yeah, you know, that's, that's do you, where we go. Do you know which, from an affordability standpoint, sometimes you, you shouldn't be looking at $65,000 colleges. Yeah. Do you know uh, which, I heard you talking about this earlier, too, but a good rule of thumb uh, that Todd, I would tell people uh, to keep Todd, in their Todd, brain Todd, is Todd, Todd, every feel your student Todd, can earn when Todd. they graduate. With- wait, wait, I, I, I hardly can, ever do that, but what? I just ha- I, I couldn't get a word I, in edgewise. I lost, tra- I lost track. Was that a recording? <laughs> That was, was, that was a commercial. Are you a real person? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> was, yes, I am. That's good points. But I, I was like, yeah. wow. I, Chatty Cathy over there. I think he just, oh, he's like, oh, okay, and then he hit like a tape or something. You imagine Which, that guy um, uh, uh, Sunday afternoon at an NFL you know, watching the game in the backyard having beers. Ouch. You know which form <laughs> Olivia Jade used to get her admission to USC? That's the one I want to use. All right, we'll be right back with Andy Brickley. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Rain this morning, but the sun should be out by 4 o'clock or so. The temperature will be 55 for a high today. And of course, 4 o'clock can't come soon enough. Same with 7 o'clock because that's when the Bruins and the Maple Leafs get underway. And I would like to welcome to the show a, uh, an old and dear friend of ours, Andy Brickley from Nesson. Brick, how are you? Hillman, LB, it's been a while. How you guys doing? <laughs> how you doing, Brick? I miss you, brother. <laughs> I'm doing great. You know, there's something special about Game 7 Days, and it's all about trying to contain your emotions, stay in your game day routine, try to block out all the noise, focus on what you need to do to get ready to play. Some guys will handle it better than others, but uh, this should be awesome tonight. Uh, by the way, your tie on Sunday, Blue Jack's tie out of the water. I just, <laughs> uh, I just, uh, I just want you to know that. Um, well, I'll pass that thank you along to my daughters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, the Bruins, I'm, listen, both of these teams have Game 7 experience, so that's. I was going to ask you if either one of them has an advantage going into tonight. I don't think so. And, uh, you know, when the beginning of this series, I don't know how you guys handicapped it. Uh, I think the Bruins were a favorite uh, in a high percentage of predictions only because of where they finished in the regular season, the head-to-head during the regular season, how they were playing going into the postseason. Uh, the Bruins had a core group that knows how to win in the playoffs, and I think that gave them the edge along with the home ice. But what we've seen through six games is this is really a pick em series. I mean, I don't know if anybody knows what's going to happen tonight. I certainly misjudged Boston in Game 5. You know, came coming off that Game 4 win in Toronto, the way they played, the way they were able to survive that third period and have enough poise to handle an onslaught by the Leafs. And then to come home, I expected Toronto to be very good in Game 5, but I expected Boston to be better the way they played in Game 2, their home record during the regular season. And I know it was a nothing-nothing game late, but the better team won that night. So yeah. it really comes down to a pick them in, uh, in this seven-game series. And, uh, and Boston has to exercise their will. That's what it comes down to. LB will tell you that's what it's all about in a game seven. Well, I, I, I think, it, you know, I, I blew it. I, I called the Bruins in six. So uh, game sevens are always amazing. Uh, let, let, let me ask you this. The Leafs, the, the, their top six are so young, so fast. So intense, it, 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 you know the the back the back group of the Bruins have to step up big time. Yeah, and that's the challenge. You know that threat of the stretch pass, which is a huge part of Toronto's offense. You know they try not to spend any time in their own zone. They're willing to to ice the puck as they try yeah. to get players free in the neutral zone, get in behind the defense, and and Boston, in order to have a better five on five offense, they need to involve their defensemen. So that's where the struggle is for Boston. You know, when do you go? When do you stay back? How conservative do you have to be? You know, how just reactionary do you want to play the game? I think that's what Bruce Cassidy wanted more from game six. Just go out and play. Don't overthink it. But, uh, yeah, that's the issue for Boston is that quick strike, quick counterattack, players taking off through center ice behind the Bruins' defense when the Bruins are trying to establish a forecheck and keep plays in the offensive zone. And I think if Bruins can manage that area of the game, it'll go a long way to forcing Toronto to do what? To have to defend in their own zone. And everybody knows they're not, uh, that's not their biggest strength. Yeah. I think, you know, the Bruins needed 
Brad Marchand to be regular season Brad Marchand on Sunday, and I think he was. Do you think they need that that uh, same kind of like you know feisty Brad Marchand tonight? Absolutely. You know, walk that line. Uh, I don't think we'll see a ton of special teams play tonight, though you never know in that area too. Uh, I think it's going to have to really be an egregious penalty to get a penalty call. Maybe it's in a scoring chance or, or it's just blatant. But, uh, yeah, he's he's got to play as a leader along the edge. Uh, he has to have that Game 7 mentality that I think they all had in Game 6 because it's really, again, are we going home or are we moving on? The East is wide open. I think everybody on Toronto, everybody on Boston thinks they have an opportunity to win a Stanley Cup now Now that the favorites have been have been moved out. I mean, potential for seven out of the eight series to have a lower seed be victorious. I mean, that's amazing when you start talking about the parity in the National Hockey League. But, yeah, Brad Marchand has to be the guy that he was all year, that he is, what he means to the team. You know, he thrives in these situations. He loves being a leader. He loves being looked at as a complete player and one of the most important players to his team in the National Hockey League. And what a great opportunity to show it again here in Game 7. Um, and what do you th- what have you thought about the officiating this series, Brick? I think it's been fair. Um, I'm probably a bad guy to ask. <laughs> I wish they just I just wish they had a better feel for the game. And I try not to get to know the officials, the referees, or the linesmen. I I understand the difficulty of the job, the pace that this game is played at. But uh, but you have a job to do. You're paid to do your job. Just do it well. And that's how I feel about the players. But that being said. Um, I expect them to just not be noticed, step out of the way, and let the players decide the game. I think that's what everybody wants from the official. And what about Tuca's performance in this series? I think he's been good. I think he certainly matched the other guy at the other end. Uh, I think Freddie Anderson's been good, uh, real good at times. I think Tuca's been good, real good at times. What am I looking for from Tuca tonight? Uh, I expect him to play with that. You know, that confident, poised demeanor that tells you he's on top of his game, that economy of emotion. He's not overplaying or moving around too much in the blue paint. Let the game come to him. Be aggressive when he's supposed to. Stay deep when he has to. Uh, make every save he's supposed to make and then a few more. And if the situation calls for, hey, you got to steal this game because Toronto is just out skating us and out playing us, then he's got to deliver. Uh, I, I know... These are the games that people will remember Tuca for. It's been a historic year for him. Sure. You know, the all-time winningest Bruins goaltender in the history of the organization. I don't think that matters to the fans right now. They want him to play, play great on the big stage. He's had mixed reviews in that area, and this is a great opportunity for Tuca. Hey, Brick, why, why doesn't Tuca get the respect that he deserves as the winningest goalie in Bruins history? He's, he's, he's always been there, got it done, stepped up. Uh, the Bruins have won consistently with him in the pipes. How come, how come people don't wrap their arms around him? Yeah, and, and, the, uh, and the goals against him, the save percentage, all that stuff is good. Uh, I think some of it is uh, that big stage, LB, you know, yeah. uh, being unavailable when you need to win a game to get into the postseason. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they care so much about the Olympics and what happened there. I think they remember 2013, you were looking to try to win another cup. It was coming on the heels of 2011 when Tim Thomas was huge in the last two series when the Bruins had, you know, that epic run to the Stanley yeah. Cup, the number of Game 7s that they won in that in that four-series run, the three seven Game 7s and how, how well Timmy played. Um, I think that's part of it. And then, you know, he just has that... Uh, 
Um, when he gets interviewed post-game, you know how the Bruins fans are. They want that passion. They want that yeah. emotion. They want the anger when it's supposed to be angry. And he's just got that even keel, which he feels he needs in order to play the position at this level. And I think that kind of goes against him at times. Um, Andy Brickley of Nesson is our guest. Uh, Brick, my apologies. Here's a question for LB. LB, in a Game 7, this is from a 508 texter, sure. uh, what does one do to prepare to make sure that they are opening the door at the proper times to let the players, the other players, out on the ice. I'll just say this because Rick and I played at the old garden together, and the best part was there that the back door on the bench never got opened ever. <laughs> well, I think that place is going to be rocking tonight, and. I, any uh, any guess on the uh, on the on the banner captain this evening, Brick? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I've heard a number of different names and some different lobbying that was going on, but uh, no, I'm not going to throw any names out there. I'm, I, I will say this though: I'm bullish on the Bruins. Uh, I, I, like LB, I thought this would be a six or a seven game series. Here we are at Game Seven. Didn't yeah. expect it to go in this direction to get to Game Seven, but here we are, and I think. Uh, I think if this Bruins team lives up to exactly what they are all about, and I know they call it playing to their identity, but if they just play the way they're supposed to play, play the game the right way, bring their skating game, everything that they want to do against Toronto, you have to be able to skate with the Leafs. And if they do that, I think Boston's still the better team. Shu, uh, I have a question about your colleague, Jack Edwards. At okay. any time in the booth, <laughs> did you ever fear for your life? <laughs> no, I feared for his. <laughs> yeah, right? He gets yeah. so oh, pumped yeah. up oh, and Jack, on, Jack, on fire, and Jack, I, I just see you as like, I, I, I should get out of here. <laughs> well, it's, it's, only, it's, it's really, uh, when I think about Game 7 Toronto, you got to think back to 2013 Game 7 Toronto, that third period, being down 4-1. If you had footage of that booth, <laughs> oh. that third period, that <laughs> night, I mean, that would be a tremendous show on its own to watch how animated Jack got. Yeah. Do you guys get the next series, Brick, or no? No, no. National Hockey League, uh, I know in 2011 we got the first two series, which yeah. is great. We got the seven-game series against uh, against Montreal, and then that payback from 2010 with a sweep of the flies. But uh, starting in 12 or 13, NBC then reduced the regional cables to one round. So that's all we have right now. We get the first round. We lost two to NBC exclusives. That's, I think, the limit that they can take. I'm happy that we have Game 7 on Ness, and we'll do an hour pregame starting at 6. Obviously, puck drop a little after 7, and then full coverage postgame. So that's all great. But, yeah, I get a little jealous of the radio guys because they get to take it all the way to the end. And um, are the Nesson camera people prepared should anybody with a large head wants to stand <laughs> wants to stand in front of the camera oh all game uh, during the yeah, third well. Yeah, if if our main camera goes down, we have an intern ready with a check to make sure that uh, that 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 fan is seated and not bothering our backup camera. <laughs> oh, what a jerk <laughs> that guy was! Um, all right, what time does the coverage begin tonight, Brick? Yeah, six o'clock pregame. Uh, you know, all hands on deck, full coverage, and uh, pregame show for an hour ought to be great. And then, uh, yeah, Jack and I and Alex will have the call starting a little after seven o'clock. All right, go bees! Yeah. Can't wait. All right, boys. Hey, good to, yeah. good to visit with you guys again. I love you, hey, junk. Uh, by the way, uh, by the way, Brick, you still there? Yeah, yeah. Um, I still have not gotten over the loss that my beloved Neshoba Chieftain suffered 
to your Melrose football oh. team in the Super Bowl. Oh. Uh, and should things have gone differently, that would have been the second Super Bowl that Brees Hill would have won. Uh, I just want to mention that as you leave, all right? So well, let, me, let me just say this in response. Time heals all wounds, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brick. See you. There's, uh, there's the great Andy Brickley. Uh, LB correction from a texter. What? I don't know if this is correct or not, but Tuca has not won a cup. Um, uh, and I didn't is say that won a cup? Oh, okay. This texter I said he saying, had one. Uh, uh, <laughs> he wears a saying, cup when he plays uh, ball. <laughs> All right. The news is brought to you this hour by Cars for Kids. The easy way to donate your car. Donate today, and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com or one eight seven seven Cars for Kids. Brought to you also by Cantiani Insurance. Waiting in line at the registry is awful. Cantiani goes for their clients every day for free. Want to save money? Call 508-791-2088 or go to CantianiAgency.com for all of your insurance needs. Cantiani Agents, excuse me, Insurance in Worcester or the East Douglas Insurance Agency in Douglas. Great service, great prices. 911, where is your emergency? Get ready for fun with 911. Working a bison marijuana this morning. I, you realize that you called the police department? No, I didn't. I don't think that's what that's for. Yeah, um, I was just sitting in my backyard and a monkey just ran through it. Guy in Canada calls 911 for help when he gets stuck in a cliff, steals fire truck. Oh. <laughs> Happened in Scarborough Bluffs. Man called 911 Friday saying that it was raining and he was stuck on a cliff. So the fire department showed up, and when they got out to help the man, he hopped into the apparatus and stole it. They caught him, so now he's charged with theft and misuse of 911. This is Constable David Hopkinson. He'll be charged with the attempted theft. I believe that he has some court-imposed conditions that he's in breach of that he will also be charged with. What's being investigated now is the call that he made to police. If we can prove conclusively that that call was made, it was a false call, he will be charged with that. That will be public mischief. (laughs) Hey, Canada not like the rest of us. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Weird story in Pittsburgh. A guy spent three weeks hiding in his ex-girlfriend's attic. Oh, this is almost how creepy is it? Stalker. Yeah. Complete stalker. Um, For the last three weeks, the girlfriend said that she saw some signs inside her home that said someone might be living there. For instance, she found a blanket on the floor. She noticed the toilet seat had been left up. (laughs) Key sign right there. So she was afraid that it was her ex-boyfriend, Carrie. So she did have an active restraining order against him. However, one night she, she was home, and then all of a sudden turns around, and he's standing in the middle of her bedroom. Oh, what a God. loser. She said that he grabbed her by the face. She was able to fight him off. She ran outside screaming, and her neighbors called 911. Now, she did speak with a local news outlet in Pittsburgh, but wanted to remain anonymous. I had an intuition about it, but I ignored it. I, I brushed it aside. I didn't want to seem paranoid or you know and you never think this will happen to you but i should have trusted my instinct because i was right he did not respect the pfa who knows what could have happened obscure reference from several texters one of your favorite shows danielle yes arrested development yes george lives in the attic that's correct of the model home yes (laughs) that's right that's creepy that is really that's creepy they're gonna find me michael it's creepy when you think somebody might be living in your right. home and then yeah. you brush it aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Then what do you do? 
like every thought you have after that. It's, it's even yes, worse. It's yes, like, then there's yes. definitely somebody there. What's that uh, noise? Having uh, having experienced an interloper uh, living uh-huh. in uh, the right. shack in Ocean Park, I am well aware of the terror that that can put into the hearts of those who live there. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you, Danielle. Welcome. Do you believe that the Marathon Bomber deserves the right to vote while in prison. Bernie Sanders does, and we will see what you think about that coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.